Knockout Ginger, episode 55. Guess what? Don't want to be doing this. Guess what? We're going to do it anyway. So have fun out there. Thanks for listening. Um, not driving around this week. Just sitting at my desk. Um, just sitting at my desk. Like I've been doing for however... 21 days now or whatever it's been um i've been hanging out listening to a lot of reginald veal i like him a lot i don't know i wonder why i did a lot of years of school and i don't think a teacher one time ever once hipped me to reginald veal uh and he is a bad motherfucker and his bass always sounds like a bass which is incredible. Somehow he didn't fall into that weird amp pickup sound that most of us hate. He always uh, manages to retain the like acoustic principles of the instrument and he can swing his dumper off. Uh, Winton, I think Winton Marsalis calls him Swing Doom. It's a pretty fucking badass nickname. We're a minute 50 in and I'm already out of things to talk about. See what's going on. Uh, let's see what's going on on the old Twitter machine. Ah, it's William Parker's birthday. Shout out William Parker. All right, these are going to get tough. I honestly don't know what I'm supposed to be talking about. Um... COVID seems to be the only thing I can think about. Uh, so I'm going to try to not do that. But I don't know. Apparently they're rebooting the Fresh Prince. Good. Ah, good. What's up? How you doing? Nothing much. Just finished teaching a lesson. What are you saying? Uh, nothing. You're on the podcast. What podcast? Oh, right now? Yeah. All right. Uh, are you just calling people randomly? Yep. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. This is where we're at. Um, can you hear me? I can. I can. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. I don't know how this is working, but I don't, uh, I've got the dongle going into a auxiliary cable going into my zoom so i don't know how you're hearing me it just sounds like you're in your room like it sounds like i'm on speakerphone or something huh and that's basically what it is right yeah i guess so uh how was uh, your how was your welcome, welcome to apple <laughs> uh how is your teaching it's good it's good you know um dusting off the the holiday chops with a bunch of these these kids so that's uh that's fine it is i mean i've been online with them since like save one student or saves two students i guess since like 
March 2020, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky. One of the so I had three lessons today. One of the kids I taught um, uh, for I don't know a few months before when he was in like grade five or six. Yeah. And so now he's in grade seven. So like, luckily he knows how to hold the bass properly. But the other ones are like, you know, I started them on Zoom. That's so crazy. Yeah. Starting lessons on Zoom. Yeah. What, what a world. Um, crazy. What do you, I started talking to myself before I called you about Reginald Veal. Okay. Do you know anything? Got any uh, Reginald Veal thoughts? Not really. Yeah, me neither. I, I stumped myself while I was talking. Uh, what, 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 you're just, how did you get into it? I just said I've been in my room for however many days, and I've been checking out a lot of Reginald Veal. And I started no. rambling about how upset I was that like I went to school for a lot of years and not one time ever did any teacher tell me to check out Reginald Veal. Uh, yeah, no, I'm... That's a uh, same. Like uh, he's on a bunch of Winton stuff, right? I think that's that's like. I think that's is that's essentially his claim to fame. I I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean that's, that's really all I know. For me, that's the only stuff that I would know. Like is like it's just, it's like one of the late standard timers or something, right? Or am I thinking? Am I wrong? I, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I would have to check. Yeah. I would have to check what I'm saying. But <laughs> I mean, you know me and your podcast. Usually, I just spew a bunch of information that I end up going back and realizing. I should probably put out one of those uh, um, or redacted. Oh, and then what do they call it in an article? They do an edit. An edit. <laughs> Um, I, uh, he's on, he's like Wycliffe Gordon, James Carter, Harry Connick Jr., Winton, Mark Whitfield. Are you just on the Wikipedia page? Uh, discogs.com. Oh, nice. Um, I guess I actually he, find all, I find all music really good for this. Cause if you go into all music, the credits, like, <laughs> um, there's, Someone at some point mentioned to me that Bruce Hornsby had played with um, uh, uh, geez, um, oh, what's her name? Um, Bonnie Raitt. Um, and I was trying to figure out what the track was. And so it's like it's not on Bruce Hornsby's Wikipedia page at all. And he's only on one track on one album. So it's, you have to really do some digging on Bonnie Raitt's stuff to find it. So I went to Bruce Hornsby on all music and then you go to credits and then you just see everything. It seems like it's a better aggregate than Discogs because it's, well, Discogs is kind of like the Wild West because it's like, there's not always all of the information on the liner notes and that's what people are basically doing, just uploading what they see on the record or on the CD. Right. That makes sense. I was I I did this literally yesterday. I was just like, "Holy cow!" Like <laughs> um, Bruce Hornsby's been on so much stuff. 
I know the name, but I don't even know what he does. Uh, you know the way it is. Um, is it, what's the, uh, uh, um, what was it sampled? Um, is it Changes, the Tupac tune? I have no idea. You know what I'm talking about? No, no. No? No, I don't know. Yeah, it's Changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know any Changes. <laughs> Dude, you did it. You worked your shit into it. That was well done. Um, Bruce Hornsby actually has a record out with, uh, I think it's Christian McBride and Jack DeJeanette. Um, what? Uh, this is great. I don't know. This jazz. I mean, it's the thing about him is like he's always. I do actually believe that guy has been just like. He's genuinely curious about the piano. And he's just been like. Seeking out stuff his whole life. Like someone was saying, like at a, at a concert they saw, he just busted out a bunch of. A bunch of classical music. Um, but he, he might even play some like. Some like, you know. 20th century contemporary piano stuff. He's like, I'm working on this piece, and like, didn't play a very good version of it, but like, played it. Weird. Like, so, so a stadium concert. This guy was in the Grateful Dead. Uh, well, not the original Grateful Dead, but uh, it says he started sitting in in '88. Yeah, yeah. So because like, this guy, he would have been born. I don't know. He was born 50s. in like 54, so he would have been 10 <laughs> or so when the Grateful Dead started. Right, yeah. Uh, how did we get here? You were talking about Reginald Beale, and you're you're on Discogs. Oh, yeah, them, right. And then I was like, oh, you know, it's good for this all music. And then Right, so I'm on all music right now. Um, Terribly organized and awful ads, but you can find a lot of information about a lot of people. So it's a site that I have been aggressively not using because they do the ad blocker thing and i what do you mean like they don't let you on unless you disable your ad blocker you know what i usually use it for um i used to, <laughs> i used to use it when i would go into record stores on my phone if there was a record i'd never checked out before um the uh the all music ratings are actually pretty good so like they give records there's user ratings and there's all music ratings and so if there's something obscure that i've never checked out before um that is like kind of like mainstream adjacent um and i found the record for like 10 bucks rather than like checking it out on i don't know some streaming service first i would just i would like go on there and so i'd be standing in record shop looking at the rating on all music before i would buy it um what a world I, I don't know it was, yeah I found a lot of interesting stuff that I'd never checked out before on vinyl doing that um, but so anyways the point of that is that I've never had an ad blocker on there because I don't have an ad blocker on my phone right makes sense um, I was uh I guess bef well, I was before I called you. I was talking to the uh, 
dumbass listeners about how Reginald Beard <laughs> somehow happens to keep the always, always, always seems to keep the acoustic quality of a bass. Like he's never mm. really fallen into that pickup amp sound on a recording trap or at least what it, what I've been checking out in the last little while but mm. yeah that's yeah, why I, mean, I would have to I would have to go back and listen to well I would have to go back and discover what he's on and then go back and listen to it um, uh, but he is on all those standard times as you he's on all of them um Seems to be saying he's on all of them but one. Oh, okay. Thanks for playing ball here for a bit. <laughs> Thanks for picking up. Um, uh, yeah, Robert Hurst is on the first standard time. Actually, I think Leighton has some Reginald Beald stuff. Like stories or? I don't know stories, but I think this is ringing a bell for me that we talked about him at one point and it was along the lines of why doesn't anyone talk about this guy? Um, Yeah. Maybe I'll hit Um, him up. Yeah, I think. Um, oh, it might have been Clarence Shea. Or C. Or, or, I'm just looking at the... You know that um, Winton record where he's got half of it is um, Bramford's band and then half of it is uh, Herbie and those guys? Herbie, Ron, and Tony? No, which one is that? It's just it's just called Winton Marsalis. Oh, the first one. I really like it. Um, they play a uh, pretty fun rhythm changes on there that like it's just Ron and Tony and then the uh, the horns um, Clarence say I don't even know this guy this is this is I think the only thing that I know him on so he must have been like one of Bramford's guys and I, I think I have I <laughs> also I think I have two copies of this and, on I've, vinyl? and I've never on paid TV? attention uh, won't both on vinyl and uh there's two bass players on here i've never even heard of so obviously i obviously i have to uh do a little bit more research but it's ron charles fambro and clarence say yeah they both sound really good on this record um oh what i have been listening to lately is that um that Roy Hargrove record, Ear Food. Isn't that awesome? It's amazing. It's like, it's like uh, so. Um, it's so good. Uh, do you do you know that bass player, Danton Bowler? Yeah. Um, he's so sick. He's also on. He's, he's on. Out feel on one of these tunes. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, the Stinger, maybe it's called. It's like it's it's so good. It's so big. I've told like two or three people. I'm like, yo, you should go back and listen to this. He, um, Danton Bowler is also on 
punk bop, that RE record live at Smalls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's good. He's yeah. still around, still playing. Um, this Ear Food record is one of those records that uh, it's like easy to write off because you kind of forget that um, Strasbourg Saint Denis is like good and stuff. You know, like, it's it's a great. I mean, I I fell into like I so I didn't. I was talking to Eric West about this the other day. Um, so because I didn't go to a school that had um like a popular music program side to it um not that that's good or bad or whatever but because where i went to school didn't have that um this was not something that like many of the students like there was a small program anyway so it's not like the teachers were talking about it um also uh, teachers weren't talking about roy hargrove anyway um but the teachers weren't talking about it and we like everything that we checked out into like the neo soul thing was like on our own and whatnot. And it was like hard groove, like the RH factor stuff. Um, so I don't, I don't have the, like the disdain for that tune that like some people do because they just like heard it at every single recital from yeah. like 06 to 2010. Um, but I just watched that, that live concert from 2007 and like Gerald Clayton takes a ridiculous solo on it. Um, and Roy Hargrove solo is obviously amazing. Like I'm just I'm so deep into that tune right now. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm in love with it. It's amazing. It's so good. Yeah. Um, my my final year at the first school that I went to, um, I played on. I think I played that song on three recitals. Right. Right. And. Uh, then I stopped listening to Ear Food. But it, like, it, it's one of those records that um, is just so deep in that. Um, yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's so good. It's like such a... Um... <sighs> but what do you like... What are the words I'm looking for here? Like the... Uh... It's such a popular record that it's just like locked into that Spotify algorithm. So it always comes on at the Rex. And I'm always oh, reminded, always reminded as to that. like how incredible it is. And then I forget about it again. Man, I, it, for me, it was not a record that like I was in, like, like I said, I, I don't think I'd ever really dug into the whole record until quite recently. Um, I, uh, <laughs> been on this hilarious, like, like, because you listen to this, you might like this, but not not through the algorithm, just through like me thinking about stuff. So like, uh, my wife was like making popcorn on New Year's, and we were just like inside because that's what you have to do. And uh, we were like, we'd either pause the show or in between shows or whatever. And so she makes stovetop popcorn, and it takes twenty minutes. So I just ended up throwing on this Brecker concert from the '90s with James Genus and, and a young Tane. Well, I guess a young Joey Calderado and then Tane and James. And so like, I was like, Oh my God, I was watching a live record concert. I haven't watched one of these in forever. And then I started thinking about the directions of music concert. The and what concert? that's how the directions of music, the live at Massey hall, the music of miles and miles and Coltrane. I so don't, it's, don't know. what. Oh, I don't know, man. This is cool. 
so it's live at Massey Hall. It's uh, Herbie and Brecker and uh, Roy Hargrove and Patitucci and Brian Blade. Whoa! Um, and it's and it was recorded in Toronto. Um, uh, it, right, <laughs> right. That's where Massey Hall is. Well, yeah, but anyway, this band, so this band was on tour a bunch. Um, That's probably some of my favorite Patitucci playing, Um, but I hadn't listened to it in forever. So I listened to that recently. I'm like, man, I should dig in some Hargrove again. And so then I put on Ear Food. um, And then I listened to the one with him and a bunch of tenors, like tenors of our time um, with him and, you know, a bunch of young and old guys, which is really cool. and then I listened to Hard Groove because I hadn't listened to that. And I didn't realize Michelle, uh, I'm going to mispronounce her last name. Michelle Indegio Cello. Indegio Cello. Yeah. Thank you. But anyway, I didn't realize she was on it. So she's on it. Reggie Washington is on that record. Wait, wh- what um, record are you talking Like, Now I'm talking about Hard Groove. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so I'm I'm slowly keeping up with you. So I know this. I know this lots of tangents here this is where i've been since new year's so i know this mazzy hall record oh i didn't know that was called directions in music and i didn't know it was um at mazzy hall oh yeah and uh brian blades on it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but terry lynn carrington and scott collie did a bunch of the touring was my point uh okay and there's a bunch of videos here that i have queued up Live at Jazz Baltica, um, and then something else at Newport, I think. I actually haven't watched the videos. So I didn't know Michelle was on this record either. See? Crazy. And I used all music to figure that out. <laughs> Is she on she's all of the guest... tracks? Or, or, okay. No, she's a guest feature on like track seven or eight. All right. There's like three or four. Pino's all over it. Um, Reggie Washington's all Oh, this is... There's a couple tracks where it's both Pino and Reggie Washington. Like, I, the thing about those records is I had such a hard time, like, hearing them, like how they were mixed when I was younger. Um, didn't really... I don't know, maybe I didn't have a good set of headphones. Um, but I found the mix to be, like not lo-fi but everything was like really close so i couldn't always pick out what was where um but when i listened to it it's like oh yeah reggie washington is on a couple tracks and pino is on the same tracks and i can't tell if it's like right left or if they're just both there but there's some stuff where it's like clearly an upright just playing and an electric um but yeah sweet that's pretty cool yeah, all music um, is wicked because now I'm, I'm now I'm on Michelle's page, and I'm just finding all this shit that I didn't know she was on. Yeah, and I have uh, two of her signature bass. Yeah, I, I have, know, I know. You, I, know you I have two of them, so you might consider me a diehard. Maybe you know. Well, that's, <laughs> see, this is why I bring it up. This, this, dude, this was my trajectory. I, I planned all of this on a whim. You oh. might call me an improviser. Um, Oh, oh what? She's on the Sailor Sue record. See that I didn't know. 
She did some stuff with DJ Logic. Government Mule, what are we doing here? Big. And she's it's on cool. some, she's on a Steve Lehman record. What? Great. All right, cool. Now I've got something else to do while I lie in bed for 20 hours a day. <laughs> COVID. Did you catch it? I don't know. I tested I tested negative a bunch of times, but I was I was sick and I still am kind of sick. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't know. Did um, you? I don't think so. I tested negative a bunch. I had a sinus infection like mid-December. But I didn't have any symptoms that were like I didn't I didn't have a headache, I didn't have a cough. Um I kept testing negative. I will um I'll explain to you my situation another time cuz I don't want to edit it out. <laughs> but it uh Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you have uh I I hate to sneak attack you and then keep you on the phone for this long. No, it's, I mean, Maddie's just just finishing dinner, so I don't have much longer, but um Did you have a question? Is that where you're going with that? No, nothing. Oh, I I was. This is how this happened. I start. I sat here at my desk and I turned my recorder on and I introed the pod about three or four times and I just sat here for like 15 minutes in silent. <laughs> and then I plugged the phone in and called you. Look at that! Well, look at us, Griffin. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Roy Hargrove stuff has been been really cool to kind of dig into again um it, a lot of it still makes me really sad just because of because of him yeah yeah and just like the kind of like i mean we don't have to get obviously i won't get too dark with it but like just being around him so much mm-hmm. and not like having very very few interactions with him but just being around him so much and just like watching him from a distance mm-hmm. um even that was kind of hard before he died you know like yeah just seeing what his quality of life kind of came to you know i mean maybe i should cut this out mm-hmm. but um no, I know. I mean, I think that's actually one of the reasons why I'm just kind of like so on it. Like we idolize guys like Bud Powell and Elmo Hope, who clearly had, you know, um, things they were dealing with. Yeah, and uh, it's often it's idolized. Maybe not. Maybe it's kind of fantas like fantasized about in the way that's like, oh yeah, or like, you know, people talk about, oh, you want to play fast. It's like, you know, there, it, it, you don't talk about it like it's it's a thing that's that's current or has been as big of an issue in um in this music in the last twenty years, from my perspective, anyways. Um, and definitely not here in the city, um, but. 
uh, it's kind of an interesting thing. Like, do, do we know? I mean, this could get real dark real quick, but do we know people? Not. Yeah. Well, was it part yeah. of the Canadian scene? Do we know that? Or? I think a little bit in the eighties. Um, there's a couple of people um, that I'm, I've heard stories about. Um, Should probably keep those to yourself. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna. <laughs> should we should we let's not go down this road? I mean, a couple more. Uh... No, but we're, I guess my point to it is that um, it's just interesting how like. Like, I think Roy, and again, Eric and I were talking about this, like, Roy is actually one of the people who in the mid-2000s and early 90s was, like, actually, it's like he's, like, a part of the conversation, a part of, like, the evolution of bebop um, and, and jazz in, as an art form. And such a, a sad, you know, uh, yeah. And he gave so much to the music, you know, like he lived at Smalls. Yeah, it was wicked. Right? Like, like I would go to the session th- at night just to see Roy. And that's the thing. And like when he passed, I didn't he- like um, when he passed, the explosion that happened on social media was not um, not the international community. It was um, it was the friends that I have in New York that were. Uh, th- that were there. I mean, you know, the limited amount of time that I was there, I saw him from a distance a lot. You know, he would just he would just be there. He would come in and he would play, and and that was really that was really cool for me. But like, um, like for a lot of people who live in that city, like this was like, you know, a current grandfather of the. Not maybe grandpa is not the right word, but a a, a current voice in in the trenches that yeah. was that would that kept coming out to the trenches. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, it's and, uh, and, yeah. So it's just fascinating. You know, I kind of wanted to do some some real digging and kind of sit with sit with that and sit with the awareness and then think of it in terms of like like I, I didn't realize it was 2018. This pandemic has been crazy. I, it was. A lot longer ago, longer ago than I, I thought it was, um, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to sit with it and think about. He only how passed it away relates. in 2018. Yeah, it feels. I would have guessed longer for sure. Yeah, see, that's that's what I mean. It's just it's obscure to me when it was. I, I thought that sounded longer. I thought it was more recent, but he uh, lived like right around the corner from my school, so I would see him a lot um and from a distance it kind of felt like he was like just everyone's babysitter almost Mm -hmm. and like the condition that he was in and he still put out that vibe yeah of like it's okay i'll look after you guys you know like one time I was standing on the corner of uh, of 6th and 13th, 
like right in front of the Chipotle on the corner. And uh, I guess I looked like I was having a rough day. I was holding my base. I was just standing there. And he was walking south and he walked past me and he stopped and he looked at me and he said, everything's going to be all right. Keep going. Mm. And that that's all he said. And he just kept walking. beautiful well i don't know like for all i know he thought i was someone else like you know he probably thought i was alex claffy <laughs> sorry oh my god um it pulled me out of a really nice moment there um Uh, speaking also, of the, does it matter who we thought you were to you? It obviously meant something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I'm not sure him. Uh, so Roy said some, said that to me and, uh, Bob Cranshaw said a similar thing to me one time. Mm. And, uh, I don't know, maybe I just have this thing for, I, I guess I look miserable my mom has been telling me that for years. That I look, <laughs> Smile when you play, Michael. I looked miserable since I was a baby. That's funny. Um, uh, another thing that I've been checking out is, or thing, another artist that I've been checking out is uh, Sherman Irby. I've just been going through the... you educate me. I know nothing. He's, uh, I guess he's lead alto in the Winton Band. Okay. Not the Winton Band, the Lincoln Center Orchestra, I should say. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess I like stumbled into him through checking, digging into all these uh, Reginald Veal recordings. He's got this record with uh, Gerald Cannon. Uh, Roy's on it for a couple tracks, I think. Uh, I forget who else is on it. Anyway. Um, it's called Big Mama's Biscuits. <laughs> and Sherman's sitting on the front with just a big basket of biscuits. Sweet. Sweet. And it's killing. And then, so this set me down another spiral of checking out Sherman Irby. I don't know why more people aren't talking about Sherman Irby. Like his first record, Full Circle, has... It's a trio record. It's Sherman, Eric Rivas, and Charlie Persip. Sherman, er, spell? I-R-B-Y. Uh, oh, I. Sherman Irby. So Mama's Biscuits is what I should... Well, they're all good. He's got a record called Black Warrior. Yeah, that's the only one I can... Oh, there's Mama's Biscuits. Oh, sweet. Okay. This first one called Full Circle is just slamming. Cool. I'll listen to this tomorrow. That's great. Can you hear that? Yeah, I don't know. Just a guy, another guy that no one talks about that is always going for it 
swings his ass off, and no one gives a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean. All right. I don't know. I don't want to do too much more editing, and it's been about 40 minutes. Okay. Well, this is great. This is lovely. Thanks for the thanks for the chat. Thanks for picking up. Gonna, oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I'm going to check out the Sherman Irby record. Um, well, um, you got, you yeah, got anything, to prom- huh? anything to promote? Yeah. Um, boring a synth from a, from Chris and I'm just like turning knobs and exploring stuff. And that's really cool. It's been very childlike, which, uh, for me has been good. Nice. Um, I, uh, oh, you want to hear a really funny story? Is it? Well, it's not really funny. Can we put it on the podcast? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's like, I don't know how interesting it is for anyone. Um, but, uh, there's a, there's a guitar shop in, uh, in town, um, called Shy Boy and Tex. Um, and I had them do some work on a bass a little while ago. Um, and I have this, this old fretless, well, not old fretless. I have this fretless from like 2006 that I bought off Kijiji from someone for like a hundred bucks. And I've tried to set it up, but like the neck is, the neck is, all whack like the uh there's a divot out so i tried sanding it a little bit but i'm like you know what i can't do it um like i don't i don't need a fretless but like you know if it's gonna be a couple hundred bucks i'll take it in and someone can do some work on it like why not it'd be fun to have one at home so um i like these guys so i took it down there and um and the guy goes oh you like fretless um i'm like well i mean like might be a strong word but i enjoy playing it and uh you know, he's like, you should check this out. So he points over on the wall and he's like, check out that 75 precision base. And so I grab it, I'm looking at it and like, it's the maple board has been ripped off and someone put a piece of ebony on it. So it's like a 75 precision base. Um, that is not like, that is all original with the exception of this, the maple board, the maple fretboard that someone ripped off and put a nice piece of ebony on. Um, so I'm like, what's the deal with this? He's like, oh, he's like, yeah, you know, it's like I I had to do a bunch of cleaning on it, like, you know, it it needed a redressing of the board, and it got spray painted, thinking a fight, and you know, just talked about a couple other things. I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. So I'm playing it, um, and like, it feels pretty good. Like, it's it's cool. It's like, you know, a fretless P bass. Yeah, what it is, and it's a <laughs> 75. Um, and then he, I'm like. So like what's a he, he starts talking about the pick guard because this guy's actually really big into like making and molding pick guards. One he's like I got to get a new one for this because you can still see some of the pink flecks. I'm like wait, like you weren't kidding? It actually got spray painted pink. He's like oh yeah, the guy who brought it in, uh, he and his girlfriend had gotten into a fight, and to get back at him, she spray painted the entire thing fluorescent pink. Like just can of spray paint, seventy five P base, sprayed the whole thing in pink. And this guy spent like a day and a half like buffing it to get it out, but whoever it was just like didn't want to deal with it and had found the base in, in a basement kind of thing. He's like, Yeah, you know, if you can do something with it, go for it. Fuck. Isn't that ridiculous? That's crazy. So I mean, um, I would it, I would have blood on my hands if someone decided to spray paint one of my bases. Isn't that like yeah, even a bad base? <laughs> but I just it's so it's just 
he said it so nonchalantly the first time. I'm like, oh, yeah, but, like, like how funny kind of thing. Like someone spray painted it pink in a fight. But then when I asked him the story, it's like, no, someone actually spray painted it pink in a fight. It's crazy. <laughs> so there you go. So I'll leave you with that story. The base is for sale at, at a, you know, at Shy Boy. I should um, go check it out. I, well, actually, no, I'm not going to do that. It's but. two grand. Two grand. See, so this is the thing. Like, this is, instrument markup has gotten crazy because it's like, he's like, it sounds high, but like a, a pristine 70s is like 35 is what he said. And I'm just like, like, if there was like, if there was a 75 that I like for two grand, I would buy it on the spot. Like, whatever. I'd, I'd figure it out because yeah. it's something I want. Um, and I know that I want it. And so I'm playing this. I'm like, well, it kind of itches two scratches, you know, or scratches two itches. It's got like, you know, it's 75 base that it's the frontless. And then I'm like, no, dude, don't just put, put it down. I mean, I would, if if you like it, I would make them an offer for sure. But two is crazy. Yeah. Right. Like (laughs) two for, and again, this is the thing, like it's a frontless base. So it's not like I can take it to every single gig and people are going to be okay with it. Um, so anyways, the spray faded pink story is hilarious. And the fact that that's what instruments are, but, um, yeah, go play it. Funny story. The dudes in there are great. Um, they do a lot of really good work. Amahra has a, has a fretless built by these guys. Um, like a jazz bass. Um, so highly recommend shy boy. Speaking of basses though, I mean, and then I'll let you go. Cause I know we're long. Um, you ever played a Mulan? Yep. Worth it or not? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I played, I, I played one of a buddy of mine in the States. I uh, played a couple P's and a J. And yeah, he had, he had a J. I think the, the more contemporary of the J's. Uh, um, and I thought they were fine. I didn't dig how he had it set up, so that was kind of it. But I'm I'm very curious about them. I'm missing the other thing about Shy Boy. Shy Boy does does build. Um, so if I really want a P bass that's just like good, um, I've heard that they're really really nice. But um, anyways, yeah. Um, I I don't know who has them in the city though. I'd love to play one. Well, you um, they don't really sell like they're uh, they're mostly just made to order. That's what I mean. Like when I was on their website, they said like, if you want, like, if you want to see what they play, like I have customers and he lists like Toronto was like the second place he listed. I'm like, like I know of one person who has one. Who? Rich just got one. Oh yeah. Like just, yeah, yeah. I just saw it on Instagram. Uh, he was playing it at, he played it last time he was at the Rex. Four strength. Yeah. Uh, Frank Rooney has one, I think. Do you know Frank? Crazy. I don't. I don't know who that guy's playing. I know him on Facebook. Uh, we went to school together. Oh yeah, he's quite a bit older, right? His sixties. Um, or am I, I mistaking him for someone else? No, no, that's probably him. I, I, I uh. Not that that's not a slight. I just didn't know that he went to school. Yeah, I don't know. He, so he... Later. He came to school after he retired. Oh, man, that's cool. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm friends with Frank on Facebook, but I've, I've never met him, and I don't know, I don't know his playing. Though he had liked a bunch of the the posts in the Mulan Facebook group, so there you go. I think yeah, I'm pretty sure he has one anyway. Yeah, I, uh, one of the one of the great great people in this Toronto community. Like just oh, cool. one of the like I. You know how we talk shit about each other all the time, everyone, you know, like for the most part, it's all in good fun, but it can be pretty cutthroat. I wouldn't even know where to start with Frank, you know, like it's, he's just like, oh, that's cool. he's just like the, uh, yeah, shout out Frank if he's listening. I will, I, I was just going to say, like, I hope I get to meet him and if I have met him, man, fuck me for not, for not remembering. Um, but I know we haven't hung and really talked base. Maybe we met at the Rex party or something at one point. But um, Matt Stevens has a J, and it's I think it's off white with a tort guard, and it's got the the. Uh, that's what my buddy Sam has. It's got the uh, whatever they call them covers on the bridge and the and the pickup, the ashtray covers. Like the or ashtrays. Yeah. yeah. And it was super heavy, and I wasn't very impressed. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just not. But the seventies bases are also super heavy, correct? Yeah, I like them super heavy. Cause he he makes them to spec. Yeah, that's the thing. I... Like everyone says, there's the closest to the real thing, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I've played a good number of vintage fenders, and to me, they're who knows. I'm not trying to mm-hmm. shit on this guy. Has that's like I don't know. I'm sure they're great. Yeah, I'm just curious about them. I'd like to play one now, you know. I'd like to play them with knowing what I know. But anyway, um, so there you go. So there's 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 a, a nice little tidbit to end on. Yeah, we got a podcast. Got a podcast. Dude, you pulled it off. Look at that. We made it. Um, and it's not three hours. That our last one was. Yeah. Um, All right, man. Um, cool. Thanks for the chat. Thank you for the chat. Thank you for doing much of the heavy lifting. This was going to be a tough, tough episode. Well, uh, you know. Who should I call next week? Um, this is how we're going to do this. Base <laughs> player or not? Okay, so we got to we got to gauge with uh, are they going to pick up or not? Um, uh, dude, just call Nick. Okay, yeah, I'll do, yeah, I'm gonna do that. I gotta talk to him about some stuff anyway. Yeah, I think that'd be, he'd be a good one. (laughs) We're gonna give Nick Fraser a call next week. Tune in to see if he picks up. All right, that's it from me and Mark Godfrey. F all the haters.